Today, I am talking to my good friend Andy Medic from Sea Change Vacation Rentals. And we're going to look back on the summer of 2021 and share our experiences of what went well, what didn't go so well, and what we would do better in the future. And along the way, give you some tips for helping you do better management. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm super delighted to be back with you again. And as you are listening to this, if you're listening to this on the day of publication, we should be on the road. We should be on the I-75 between Georgetown, Kentucky and Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's our journey for this day in November. So heading down to Gulf Shores, which is, uh, as you know, has been long awaited. Can't wait to get down to all that sunshine. And a few weeks' time, be able to head across from Gulf Shores to New Orleans for the Women's Summit. If you have not booked your spot at the Vacation Rental Women's Summit, you should do so now. It, It looks like it is going to be a stellar event. I know that Amy Highnote is working tirelessly to make it just a terrific conference to go to. Now, for those of you who went to the last Women's Summit, you know it was something super special. It was very different from other run-of-the-mill conferences. This had a lot of different elements in it, and I think you will love it. And I encourage everybody to sign up for the Vacation Rental Women's Summit. I'm going to put a link to it at the end of the show notes. So uh, you can take a look. Okay. So today I have with me Andy Medic from Sea Change Vacation Rentals. You know, Andy's been on the show a couple of times. He's another Brit. We have a great rapport. We talk a lot about the old country and he sends me things like jars of Marmite and we reminisce about old TV shows, etc. But we also run vacation rental companies, property management companies that are very similar in so many ways. And when I say similar, it's just the experiences we have that are similar. And we batted backwards and forwards over the course of this last summer, you know, the things that were happening in our business from our electrocuted raccoon to Andy's laundry woes. He seemed to spend most of his summer Uh, wrapped in sheets and driving around with mountains and mountains of laundry in the back of his truck. But what we're going to do here today is, is look back on the summer of 2021 and share what we felt were the real big learning points. I love to do this every year and some, I usually do it in September, October because it's fresh in my mind. But some of the things that happened this last summer are still very fresh in my mind, even as we're going into November. Everything that happens is a learning point, regardless of, you know, how 
it was handled and whether the guest is ever going to come back to us again. And we do have some that won't be coming back to us again. But as I say, it's, it learn, it's all learning points. We learn from absolutely everything. And Andy and I are getting together to share some of our learning points with you and offer some tips on making sure that you don't make the same mistakes as we did, or perhaps we did something right and you'll learn from that too. So without further ado, let's move on over to my super conversation with my friend Andy Medic. So super delighted to have with me today Andy Medic from Sea Change Vacation Rentals, who is down in sunny Palm Springs. That was that was a mighty road trip you just did. Yeah, you know what? It was the first time in many, many months that we actually got some time off because we were in the car. <laughs> I'm doing exactly the exact same thing. As this is published, as this uh, episode is published, I will be between uh, Georgetown, Kentucky and Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, open borders. Yes. Last. Oh, yeah. I'm just fingers crossed. Don't change your minds, governments. Between yeah, <laughs> between Cause, now yeah, because that time. never happens. Oh yes, yeah. Well, at least they've said we don't have to have we don't have to have tests to go in, into the US. Yeah. However, returning to Canada, it's a PCR which costs upwards of two hundred dollars each. So oh, I'm, hoping they're gonna, that. I'm hoping they're going to drop that. You know, I'm, I'm seeing COVID way back in the rear view mirror now. I'm done with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we got to do what we got to do. Yes. We got to trust them. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and in fact, I was looking at some stats the other day. There's some provinces in Ontario that are now 96% vaccinated. Yeah. I think Canada is a good, a good example for all of us. You guys have really have your, your um, act together up there. Yeah, well, they've, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of mandating going on, which a lot of people are unhappy with, but, uh, you know, it's working. It's working. Hey, I don't mind the mandates. I just want clarity. Yes, yes. And, you know, I've, I've just seen my son and his wife and my granddaughter go through COVID. You know, yeah. all, all three of them got it. All uh, the two of them, you know, the parents are vaccinated. So, but they still, it was still rough for them. And it was just the yeah. thought that if you hadn't, well... Anyway, we're not getting into that. We're not getting into that one. No, <laughs> the little just... thing called COVID, nobody's heard of. Yeah, yeah. So now you are settled down in Palm Springs. You're having your winter in the sunshine, just as I'm going to be doing. Has the memory of summer all disappeared from your psyche? <laughs> uh, a big resounded, heck no. <laughs> uh, summer is still going on to a certain extent. Record-breaking fall and early winter demand. Our advanced bookings for 2022 are through the roof. I mean, the numbers. I just pulled them this morning from our web company. We are up year on year, a staggering 12. It's 1,200% year on year for October bookings. And when I looked at that, of that, probably it is around 80% of those off the 2022 summer. And the other 20 are spread over the next couple of months. Yeah. So, you know, it's still going on, but we are working remotely now. And this is our time of year where we can get a little bit calmer and we could take, take a bit more of a big picture, look at the business. And we have great staff on the ground back in Delaware and they're keeping the office ticking up, you know, taking along quite nicely. 
And I could step back from linens finally. <laughs> linens have been my life. Yeah, I, I have to say those you you kept me going throughout the summer with with the humour and the images of linens. Whether it was you tucked away in in a, in a little bit of space, surrounded by wrapped <laughs> duvets and blankets and sheets, or or a piled up vehicle, and it was just it, it seemed like that was a whole that was all you did in the summer was it, just. Move linens seriously. from place to place. Seriously, because, you know, in a normal summer, I'm the revenue manager for the business. So normally on a daily basis, you know, I'm going through all the pacing and all that stuff, but I'm constantly changing the rates. But this summer, you know, with this record-breaking demand, revenue manager, it was really easy. You just kept pushing the pricing up and people kept paying it. So that, that was actually a, a blessing because we did not, we ran the whole summer without a head of housekeeping. And we are in the position right now where we brought 50% of our properties in-house for a new interior housekeeping department. So we're about 50% um, still outsourced with 1099 housekeeping subcontractors who are doing a great job for us. But I'm running that that quite a large housekeeping department um, myself. And, you know, I joke, everything I learned, I learned on YouTube. I learned how to make a bed by far in a YouTube video. <laughs> and I tell you, I'm making down, a darn good bed. I just don't want to be making darn good beds. That, that's it. The time comes when you don't want to be making beds anymore. So let, let's just step back a second to the record-breaking summer and uh, price rises. We were. It, it always blows me away that the similarity between your company and ours. That you know, we, we we've gone through exactly the same thing, except the laundry bit because we don't do that. But just record breaking in terms of demand, in terms of pricing, and and I'm sure right. the the call you occasionally get that says, "Do you have anything last minute, and what sort of discounts can you offer?" And it, yeah. <laughs> we just all crack up. You know, are you are you kidding me? The moment a cancellation happens and we push it out there, it's just gone up by fifteen percent. Yeah, exactly. The- with that massive wait list we've all been carrying. Yes. Yeah. And I'm guessing that because we've had these massive wait lists, as we've gone into the fall, the rise in pre-bookings is probably a lot to do with all those people that were sitting on those wait lists that didn't get anything for the summer. Right. Yeah. I think they're afraid they're not going to get their preferred dates for next year. And, you know, we still are facing uncertainty in terms of travel regulations, not necessarily restrictions. And it's still feeding, even though the international borders are now fully open, it's still feeding into uncertainty, I think, for longer term trips, which is definitely helping drive to markets in terms of vacation rental demand. And we're we're all seeing it wherever you are. We own a vacation rental investment property in Palm Springs, California, where we're working for the next month. So we are the owners staying in our own property. And the Palm Springs market is generally a drive-to market with Canadians. And obviously, with the border being closed, we really thought we were going to have a really difficult season last year. And we didn't. It was we, We've had a bumper season here, just like everybody else. It's just it's been a lot of drive-to people from LA and surrounding areas. Yeah, it, it certainly seems that where there was a gap, it, it got quickly filled up by a different yeah. demographic. I mean, for us... We had a mass of new rental guests that, you know, people who'd never rented yeah. before. They'd probably gone somewhere else for their their summer vacation. And then they suddenly found this paradise. They've got two hours north of the city that they never knew they had. So 
I mean, give me your what are your what are your predictions? Get out the crystal ball for for twenty twenty two because it's something that we talk about incessantly. You know, is demand going to drop? We've had a, a such a rise in inventory with the crazy real estate market, so people buying properties and having to rent out because they've paid so darn much for them that we do wonder if you know we, we're going to see a situation where there is some saturation and demand begins to drop, but. You know, I'm not a glass yeah. half full person. I'm a glass flowing over person right. with optimism. What are your thoughts? Well, I think, I mean, given the, the booking pacing, when I look at year to year for advanced bookings for the following summer season, you know, our numbers are up significantly, I mean, hugely. So in terms of booking pacing, it looks like 2022 is going to be a another record set in year. Uh, so really the challenge is going to be enforcing cancellation policies, you know, if somebody changes their mind, suddenly wants to take the family to Italy instead of coming to their drive to market, you know, it, you know, normal cancellation policies are going to apply, not, not necessarily a, an amended COVID cancellation Mm -hmm. policy where we're going to carry a credit or issue a refund. You know, we have to protect our owner's investment and income. We can't hold a prime season week for several months to only to find out a couple of weeks before the family want to go to Italy instead because the borders are now open. You know, that's the, that's the hard reality. But I, I'm very, I'm very uh, optimistic. The numbers are all looking good. And where I get a little bit less optimistic, I wonder if, I think we probably are crest in terms of pricing. Uh, even when we're working with an owner who really gets the, the concept of reinvesting revenue into their property and improving their amenities and up refreshing furniture, that kind of thing. Even when working with a great owner like that, you know, you get to the point where how much more income can you pull out of a five bedroom, five and a half bath property with a pool? You know, you're going to hit a, a top in terms of pricing. And then it just, it turns into a challenge in terms of managing owner expectations as opposed to guest expectations. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> and, we've, and I'm sure, I mean, you, 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 are, you are in the real estate business, but we've been dealing with so many owners who just bought, bought a property, yeah. sometimes completely unsuitable for rental, mm-hmm. that, yeah. uh, that they've been told would yield X amount per week in high season, which was totally unrealistic. And, and we've had a little bit of a struggle with that this year. You know, how do yeah. you say you, you just aren't going to get that much? Or all yeah. those owners who, who spend all their time on Airbnb looking at what they think are comparables without actually noticing that the properties, you know, that the, the, the three-bedroom townhouse in, in an Ontario town, not on the water, asking $1,000 a night, hasn't actually got any bookings. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, and, you know, put my revenue management hat on, you know, when you get an owner saying, well, this property on Airbnb you know, they're, they're advertising $750 a night. I'm like, where are they booked? Yes. Okay. And if they're yeah. booked, how long was the stay? Was it a three night stay or one night stay? You know, it, it's diving into the details of, of optimizing rates and revenue versus occupancy. You know, that that's a little bit too much sometimes for an owner who's really been self-managing. Mm-hmm. And especially when we've been dealing with this record demand, and that's going to be a challenge for sure for next year. For, for people who are self-managing. Yes, we, we, we've had such a significant increase in owners coming to us. Those, those who've, who've tried the, um, the platform route, you know, the independent route this year, and just 
couldn't cope with it on their own. So we're seeing such right. an increase in those. So, you know, now, now they're looking for management. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to t- touch back on your point, it, we are seeing a similar experience on the owner side that we're seeing on the guest side with this record-breaking year. That's not just a record-breaking year for vacation rental demand, stay demand. It's also been a record-breaking year for the real estate market. So it's we're bringing in a lot of guests that are first-time guests at vacation rentals, but we're bringing in a lot of first-time owners too. Mm-hmm. And that's an ongoing challenge. And I, I think our local real estate market, I think it this time of year, it cools naturally anyway, as we're heading to the heart of winter and it'll pick up again in the spring. <laughs> but even before that, as we headed towards late summer, I mean, we're starting to see longer list cycles and we're starting to see, at least in our area, we're starting to see less competitive bidding. Mm-hmm. It's still on fire. Don't don't get me wrong, but it is does seem to be slowing a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing that up here as well. You know, the, the although I spoke to, I've been speaking to a potential buyer a lot recently, who's just said, you know, it's, he's just had the sixth property. He's lost the sixth property. Um, yeah, that he's he's bid on, and and he's bidding well over fifteen percent over asking. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, there are, po- there are pockets for us. You know, a downtown beach resort town area is still on fire. Mm-hmm. And as a result, we're still getting call. We, we help other realtors in terms of performance for their clients, help them do a comparative analysis. And it, it's kind of, it's hard if you get a call late in the sales cycle where they're already under contract. And I take a look and I'm like, oh, gee, you know, I wish you picked the community next door to that because they have a shuttle to the beach. They have golf um, facilities that they open up to guests. You know, it, it, it may be geographically close to the property your client is buying, but it's a world away in terms of vacation rental demand. Yeah. Int- interesting. That, that's where our markets differ because, you know, you, you have communities where you have, you know, you have those, those stats. Um, we're, we're just really looking at waterfront quality. <laughs> you know, right. Is, is there weed or isn't the weed? And <laughs> because just about <laughs> everything else can be changed. Right. And I learned when I heard Jane, Jane's cottages on your show a few weeks ago, I learned, you know, the, the term cottage is very misleading. <laughs> yes. 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 So she, she's, when, when she's got cottages that are renting, what, what was her top $100,000 a week? They still call it a cottage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I couldn't, as usual, you know, when I listen to the show, I'm scrambling to take notes, but I mean, a lot of the show with Jane, I sat there with my mouth wide open. I mean, the numbers were staggering, the staffing levels, yeah. um, the demand. I mean, all credit to her. I don't know how she does it. Well, me neither. Me neither. And, and you know, here am I in, in her market, but but entirely different. There is just no comparison whatsoever. And nobody else can can hold a candle to her. She has no competition, which is just a, a great place to be. Except, and I know we're going to cover this, you know, talking about staffing. I mean, maybe we want to move into that and the whole staffing issue, you know, the fact that what the media is saying is true about a lot of things. And certainly one of them is, you know, employment and trying to find people to fill the slots. Because with Jane, you know, she said she she, she employs 75 staff through the summer and whether that's whether she's going to be able to find them or not is going to be a struggle. Well, we got to the point by mid to late summer where I just stopped trying to hire at the lower level positions. The turnover was just too intense and we're paying really good salaries. I mean, our starting salaries for entry level positions 
or $20 an hour. That's, you know, that's when you're looking at a grocery store that's paying $12 an hour, it's very competitive. So we gave up on hiring the lower levels. We just pulled all our variable staff. Everybody rolled those things up and I focused on, on filling the higher level management positions. And even at that level, it's just, you know, it took us probably six months to find a new GM and I still haven't found a head of housekeeping. And the, uh, the closest I got to fill in the head of housekeeping, the, the candidate essentially used our offer to go back and leverage a better offer off a current employer. I mean, it's that kind of a job market. You know, good, good for this person and you know, good for her yeah. employer for recognizing the value, but you know, that's the reality of the job market we're in. Well, it's, exactly. It's, we had the same thing. We, were, we, we, we hire in the summer for someone to help out our hospitality manager who deals with, she, she deals with the issues. She's the one that takes all those crap calls and about, you know, raccoons getting electrocuted, et cetera. <laughs> and, and we hired right at the beginning of the summer and we got this amazing apps. I mean, she worked for us for six days and we absolutely fell in love with her. And then on the seventh day, she quit because the contract job she had given up to come work for us became permanent because once she'd gone, they realized yeah. how much they missed her because she was so darn good. So that they offered her all the benefits and you know, all the stuff that we could not offer. And, right. and she was off. So we went, we went throughout the summer without that person. Yeah. That is so important to give Christina that assistance. And we couldn't find anybody else. We, we've also hit over and over again, and especially at the lower level, we've hired good candidates. And, you know, we're very thorough and open in, in the information we share when we screen candidates. So they understand the job and the nature of the industry. But then you get a great candidate two or three weeks in that suddenly doesn't want to work weekends anymore. Yeah. And they quit. They go and find a job that's just Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what did you expect in a hospitality industry with Saturday and Sunday turnovers? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's the one thing, you know, when we're hiring in the summer is you, you, you work every Saturday and every Sunday. We don't give a single weekend off throughout the summer. Um, uh-huh. But you can have your weekend, you can have your midweeks off. Um, yeah. And, and you know, for, for the pre- for five or six years prior to 2019, we had no problem. We were hiring a, a law students in their second year of law school. And we hired them for their sort of their, their arbitration skills, you know, the mediation. Right. That's a great idea. And they were fabulous. And then, but that seems to all dried up, but they always, you know, started out and said, you won't get a single weekend free. And they went for it. Um, I mean, when I say you don't get a single weekend free, we, they, they work for a couple of hours on a Saturday morning and then mm-hmm. from four yeah. till four till eight on Saturday evening. And then they don't have to come back in until 11 o'clock on Sunday right. morning. So they can still go out on a Saturday night and, and have a hangover. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing that again for next year. I think back to the law students cause they were good. We sourced um, you know, we've scaled to the point now where we need a lot of temporary seasonal summer staff. And especially going into next season, I'm looking at that already. We're going to need at least 25 seasonal housekeepers. Wow. And that's just for 50% of the property. We're at 80 properties, eight zero. So I'm looking at internal housekeeping, linens, laundry, bed making, cleaning for 40 of those properties. So the housekeepers listening, if you have any advice for me, if my numbers are way off, please let me know. But I'm looking probably at about 25 of them with a little bit of redundancy in case somebody quits after they're trained. And I'm thinking, where am I going to find those? 
And I agree with Jane. We looked at the hospitality industry and we're looking to hire staff. We're looking at hotel chains. We're looking at people with vacation rental experience. They have it, but specifically hotel hospitality experience. Mm-hmm. We would, we're at the point where we can take advantage of the J1 foreign student influx in the summer in our area, but that hasn't been happening in the past two years because of COVID. So this year we turned to our local high school and we sourced uh, temporary seasonal property inspectors from the local high school and across the board, they've been amazing. You know, we're looking at kids in their, their late teens and they all have to have a driver's license. You know, they have to have independent transportation. Their attitude's been great. Their work ethic has been great. And we will definitely be doing that again. So uh, on, on, the, on that point, do you use any software, any specific software? So you send them out to do the inspections? Yeah, we are in the process of um, implementing Breezeway. Okay. Which, and we love it. All indications are great. And we, you know, we all are department heads, even if we're carrying three or four departments, we all pretty much have, this, have different goals and what we want out of Breezeway. For me, I'm looking to track our metrics more closely. I want to be able to report profit margin and revenue figures more accurately in terms of cost offsets to our owners. And selfishly for my business, I want to, I want to see which lines of business we're making more money on and which are costing us more. Mm-hmm. And also I can feed that into staffing levels so that I can predict staffing needs better. Our GM is um, starting at a great time because just as we're getting our breezeway training, our new GM is going to be going through it also. So uh, our new GM will pick up initially housekeeping management, but she is tasked with hiring ahead of housekeeping ASAP. So housekeeping is going to feel, I think, a lot of the benefit of breezeway. You know, we can, we, we're looking at, there are templates built into the software that you can, at least with a, a W-2 in-house employee, we can tell them exactly how we want a property cleaned, even down to which products we want used. Yeah. For a, a, the IRS does not allow us to do that kind of detail with a 1099 external subcontractor. But, you know, when you're working with a good contractor, you know, we, we can show them the result, the end results, the way we want a property to look. Uh, but all of that we can build into Breezeway for our internal staff. We can have photographs in there of how a bed should look, what it's made. And I'm really looking forward to, to getting that onboarded. The scheduling side of it, even the guest side of it, we're looking at the guest texting. Uh, we've been using our PMS to date for guest texting and emailing, but it's it's stretching our PMS a little bit. The, the functionality is good, but we're comparing it with Breezeway and it looks like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's going to suit us better. Yeah, we've um, we we started with Breezeway this year with the texting, and and it was groundbreaking, life changing, whatever. Uh, everybody yeah. said exactly the same, and you know, guests, owners, staff, every one of them loved it. And we we you know we we Christina just set up all the standard texts to go out, you know, three days before, the night before, the day of. Yeah, and I mean we we. We just, I just got a, saw a text this morning coming in from a guest and we'd sent them a message this morning to say, you're heading off on vacation today. Here's the, just in case you haven't got it, here's the link to your touch stay guide and right. we hope you have a fabulous time. And then we just say, don't forget, you know, don't arrive before your check-in time. Um, right. And then we just got a text back. <laughs> Good luck on that. Yeah. We got a text back <laughs> though saying, you know, well, this is the time we're planning on arriving and it was after check-in time. And we are, and she said, we're blown away to be welcomed like this. 
Wow. And that's yeah. just, you know, getting something like that because we've yeah. never had that before. And we know our competition aren't doing it. <laughs> right. So yeah. we're, we're, we're delivering our guests an entirely different experience than they're getting from elsewhere. Unless, of course, they're going through Jane. <laughs> well, you know, the, from the guest perspective, the touch point that they, that they seem to give us the most feedback on is the check-in with them. Uh, we usually do that the day after arrival. Mm-hmm. You know, how's it going? Are you settling in? That kind of thing. And whether we've done that through an email or now we're going to convert that to texting, that's, yep. that seems to solicit the greatest response. Oh, thank you for, for checking in with us. Yes. Everything's great. Or there's a couple of things, blah, blah, blah. And that does seem to dovetail into your experience that it does seem to help smooth things more if there is a, a real problem. Well, that's it. And I, what we found this year that it entirely, almost 100% prevented that uh, issue that so often happens after somebody's left, that where they send you their laundry list of things that went wrong and ask you yeah. for the refund. And you say, well, you never gave us the opportunity. Well, we were, you know, we were trying to, we were trying to make the best of it. <laughs> we were right. trying to make the best of this awful time. And <laughs> so we didn't want to, we didn't want to ruin it anymore by getting into any protracted discussion about how awful it was. Um, right. But of course, now we're, we're doing that text the morning after arrival and, and saying, you know, hope you had a great first night. Let us know if there's anything that's arising that you'd like us to deal with. So yeah. they, have, they, they cannot do that now. And it helps with an audit trail for all the staff because you, you can check back. We, we had a guest that stayed for two weeks in a property this summer and a week after they arrived back home, they emailed to say that the, there was blood on the linens. My first thought was who would sleep on linens for two weeks with blood on them and then wait till you get home. And when I asked the guest that, he said that he was a very low confrontation kind of person and uh, um, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is I run, this was an internal housekeeping property and our bedding is quadruple inspected. I could guarantee that there was no blood on that bed when they checked in. But you know, if there was, you know, we're, we're human and we make mistakes and, you know, maybe one of the staff, I don't know, a paper cut when they were at the property and their glove was torn or something like that. It's not infeasible. It could happen. But, you know, I was able to go back through all of the comments and the guests didn't call it in. And even when we reached out to them a couple of days into their stay, they didn't report it. So, you know, it helps us with property management. It helps us with hospitality management. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, as I say, that that text messaging system has uh, sort of revolutionised our summer, and you know it's something we would we are definitely sticking with. We've reduced it through the winter, and Breezeway have really worked well with us because we are such a seasonal company, and you know it helps right. us out because probably only about a quarter of our properties are rentable through the the rest of the year. But uh, but yes, yeah, so so we're. Because my staff were going to revolt, I think, if if we put it on hold from from, from <laughs> October through May. So like, no, we want this for the entire winter. Um, the other thing we used it for, and and it was it was the bulk messaging with um, tornado warnings. 
Yeah. And, and we had a few of those this summer where we were able to just take a certain, you know, a, a group of properties in a certain area because ours are spread, really spread way, way out and send a message to say there's a tornado warning for your area. Please get, you know, t- turn the canoes over, take the umbrellas down. And, and we, we had some great responses from guests over that as well. Yeah. Bring your raccoons in. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to elaborate on that because I've mentioned raccoons far, far too many times. So, so we had a, uh, a picture sent in uh, on text, in fact, from a guest showing a, a raccoon sleeping. It wasn't dead. It was sleeping outside right next to the electrical cable it had, it had chewed through. So we, uh, we, we assumed it had been electrocuted, but, uh, the, the owner and the owner's kids, in fact, were were very upset about this raccoon. So, so we we we, we engaged a local wildlife pest controller uh, to come and please do not do anything with this raccoon on site. <laughs> please remove it. So we had we had the poor electrocuted raccoon. Rocky the raccoon was removed. <laughs> Now living very happily in Greater Ontario. I I'm not sure he's now living happily anywhere right now. <laughs> uh, so what else? What else happened this summer, Andy? That got you learning stuff. So you know when we were doing some chat pre-show, you you asked me. You said think about lessons you've learned this summer, and immediately, you know, I love my list, so I I, I make this list of. I'm looking at it now, right behind beyond the camera here. I'm looking at my list of my top five things that I learned. And I looked at it and I thought, wow, they're all guest facing. And then I thought, you know what? That's the temptation to immediately go to the guests. It's not that we forget our owners, but in the summer, the guests are, you know, they they take up most of our time. They're right in, they're right in front of us. And I thought, what did I learn from an owner perspective? And I think a lot of the guests, the things that we've learned from a guest perspective are driving now in the fall, just as I thought they're driving into things that we need to work with on with our owners. So here they are, no particular order. <laughs> The things that I learned, record break in summer, we've already discussed that, continued into the fall, well beyond our normal pool closing, school start schedules, that fed into us in terms, again, with staffing issues and trying to beg and plead with as many summer seasonal people to stay on long past the start of college and school. Another thing I learned is really get your, your act together. You know, when, when you're dealing with guests that are paying record break in pricing, you're encouraging record-breaking guest demands. And I don't want to say high maintenance. That's really an unkind word. It, it, it's not that they're high maintenance. We are raising their expectations exponentially with our record-breaking pricing. So tying into a period when we're facing staffing shortages, you know, it can be kind of soul-destroying. When you know how hard you've worked, prepping a property, and I know that I've quadruple checked my linens and I know the beds are perfect, only then to get a guest on the phone upset because you dropped the ball in another area, in an area where really when you're fully staffed, it's something that's routine and easy for you to take care of. So to that end, my other lesson, burnout is real. Got to develop good coping mechanisms. You can't, you know, you're fully booked. You can't throw your hands in the air. You can have a bad day for sure. You've got to climb back on the next day and you've got to pull on whatever coping coping mechanisms you have developed. So how, how did you help your staff this <clears throat> summer? You know, you roll your sleeves up and you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so practically there are things you help them with, but I think emotionally, sometimes I think you show when you're having a, a bad day, you, 
you know, you're a small team. And I think sometimes it helps to show that, hey, this affects me too. Mm-hmm. But there's the but here. This is how we move beyond this. And, you know, I sit, we sit in the bullpen in our main office and I can watch our guest services staff in particular. There's two of them that handle the bulk of the guest contact during really the entirety of the, of the reservation process. And I say to them, you know, if you're feeling yourself getting to a point where your buttons are being pressed, you know, you have to develop your own kind of mechanism for that. Maybe saying to a guest, uh, you know, I'm really sorry, I have to call you back in a couple of minutes. So really we've, we've helped the staff that way in terms of, that's really what a, we have a month, a weekly staff meeting every Monday morning. And in a normal year, that, that tends to have been a discussion about well, what were the turnover issues on, on, you know, your busiest day. But a lot of that meeting has been kind of role-playing, like mm-hmm. better ways of coping with the stress. And then I think really for us as business owners and also for the staff is knowing when to flip that business sign closed. You do need some downtime. We have a 24-7 after-hours emergency number. Let that person who's on that rotation handle it. And don't be checking your email at nine o'clock at night if you're not on call. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that. We've, um, you know, I, I mentioned Christina over and over again. She's she's our hospitality guest services manager, come general manager. And and she is the one throughout the summer. She, she's, she's never off. We make her yeah. take Wednesdays and Thursdays. But if something right. happens, at a, a, because she, she's a night owl. You know, I'm, I'm a morning person. I can be up at four o'clock in the morning. Um, Christina's sometimes not in bed before three. So we actually only don't have cover for an hour. <laughs> but right. we don't get too many guests calling us out at four o'clock in the morning. She, she gets the brunt of it. So even when she's off, she'll be answering that phone uh, and texting. Well, mostly it's a texting. And she'll, somebody will text something. At, and often it's an owner. Because we do right. ask our owners not to text after hours unless it's an emergency, but they'll still text at you know one in the morning because they've got an idea or they want to block something off, and she's there right. responding to them. But I had to say, you know, you're you're almost encouraging them to continue with that behavior because you're responding yeah. to it. So yeah. we had to we we've had to stop that. <laughs> and there are you know when when you when the owner transitions from onboarding into actual day to day management. The owner has gotten familiar with the person who onboarded them, maybe same person who did the initial listing contact very early on in the sales funnel. And it's quite a challenge to get that owner to really transition from calling you directly to calling the office. Mm-hmm. And yes. I want to set the expectations. You know, if if you're texting my personal cell and I happen to be driving to Costco, you know, it's just and if it's you really just want to book some owner time, the time I pull over, you know. Somebody could have booked your week online. It's 24-7 online booking. I just want to make sure you get the appropriate response because I I don't want to be a bottleneck. Yeah, exactly that. We created, and I'm sure you have the same, um, an an email address specifically that ours is owners, owners at clrm.ca. That is the email address you use. And we try and use that now from the very beginning of the sales process. So they get used to this. You know, you are special. You're an owner. You don't come into the info. You come into this, you know, elite area, which is just for our owner clients. And and that seems to have worked, you know, trying not to give out our personal cell phones or or any yeah. other information. Occasionally we'll forget and I'll send something out that goes directly out from me. And, you know, I bear that cost for a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think this, this summer more than any other summer, 
is stress. And we have very good systems. We've been in business eight years. We don't have it all figured out. You know, nobody ever will. But we have good systems in place. And, you know, the challenge is to repeatedly execute the same system over and over again that works. So that kind of ties in with an owner. You know, we had an owner that was having trouble with their touch day lock. Sorry, uh, Point Central. I'm getting my tech stack confused now. Uh, Point Central lock, which is a great system, but they were punching in too quickly and confusing the lock. And they were stuck outside the property and they texted me. I'd already gone to bed for the night. And, you know, they, they figured it out in the end, but they were outside the property with the kids, you know, for like 45 minutes. Um, why didn't you call the on call? You know, they, they could have handled it over the phone within minutes. An investor, they could have driven down. Mm-hmm. You know, all of our staff are local. So my number four in my list was accountability, something that we learned the value of this summer. You know, just like our guests and our owners are holding us accountable for our commitments, we've learned tolerance, of course, with with the subcontractors and vendors that we do business with. We're all pulling labor from the same labor Mm -hmm. pool in a small resort area. We've also learned to push back, you know, even if, you know, you may have a 1099 cleaning subcontractor who's very good. But, you know, I see their labor want ads, you know, they're, they're advertising on Facebook for cleaning crews to start the next day. Uh, you know, it like, what is the training turnaround? If, you know, if you have staff, sometimes, you know, if they miss a bathroom, I'm hearing it from the guests. So I need to go to call that vendor and um, hold them accountable too. Um, and that ties in with my number, fi- number five one, which is what the media is saying is real. Record set in labor shortages. This is not hype in, in the media. It is real and it's hit every segment of mm-hmm. the economy. And that's tied into hyperinflation salaries and pricing for all, for everything. The supplies that we're buying for housekeeping, our linen, everything, the pricing's gone through the roof and um, the lead time on replacement mm-hmm. items, even a replacement compressor on a fridge freezer. So, you know, dealing with a guest who doesn't have a fridge freezer and you, you tell them, sorry, it's going to be three weeks before a new pot. And then I have to call the owner and say, you know what, it's a $300 pot, but you have no fridge freezer. What do you want to do? The fridge freezer is, is eight years old. Should mm-hmm. maybe you buy a new one? Well, then the lead time for a new one is six weeks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had an issue. And I think I, I mentioned it to you way back in the summer with the uh, guest who, who arrived at a property that was brand new. He was the very first guest in after the construction had been completed and the owner had been in and done all the staging and everything was top of the range. However, being top of the range doesn't preclude something breaking down the day after it starts up. So yeah. his, the dishwasher broke. The dishwasher was all electronic, computerized, etc. Et and And it just... Something went wrong with it. And here's a rural property. No, uh, and it's a high-end Toronto machine that no local appliance repair specialist can figure out. They've never seen one like that before. The company was not, the company was a US company couldn't find anybody in, in in Ontario to come and service this. So he was without this dishwasher off and on because it, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't for three weeks. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that's, we've had the exact same experience and we've added, we've changed a little bit. The onboarding kind of consultant advice we give to owners, we've learned the hard way now, you know, don't put that, mm-hmm. that brand of dishwasher in because none of our local appliance repair people will support it. Yeah. Uh, that, that never occurred to me previously. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, was was seeing the same uh, same as well. It's it's a bit like saying, oh, please, please don't buy that top of the range coffee maker that nobody can work because it's so complicated. Right. Just buy something simple. You know, you put you put your um, your filter in. You add your coffee and pour the water in. That's it. You don't have to have a computer degree to to, to operate. It. I, I have a photograph that I've saved from my desk a property owner that, that no longer rents thanks to the hot real estate market. We kept getting called every single guest arrival because of a very complicated sound system in their main living room. And I went over one day and I laid all of the remote control. There were nine remote controls between the TV and the sound system, including one that worked just the lights that flashed in time when you put the radio on. And it's like, no, you've got to simplify that. <laughs> Oh, actually, that sounds like what I've got at home here. <laughs> A remote control for everything. So, yeah, if my husband's not around, then, you know, I I don't watch television. I don't have the fireplace yeah. on. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, so what, so what, what, was, what was next on your list? So, you know, when I thought about and this occurred to me, one of these flash, like light bulb things when you're driving, and it's always when I'm driving and I can't write it down, and – it occurred to me, you know, when the prices of everything are going through the roof, prices of our supplies, our labor costs, that kind of thing, you know, I thought our management fees have stayed the same. You know, we sign an owner and the management fee is in the original listing contract. We never go back and raise it. It's grandfathered in forever. And I thought, wow, are we, are we, are we a rare industry, the vacation rental industry, where the prices that we pay go up, but the price that our owner pays mm-hmm. stays the same. So. You know, I thought as a business owner, you have to take a careful look at that because it puts additional kind of awareness on you to really watch your bottom line carefully. And going back to Breezeway, that's one of my major goals of implementing that software so that I can track our costs closer. Mm-hmm. And then I can figure out, you know, if I have two handymen going into the same different properties doing similar work, if one is taking an hour, the other one's taking 30 minutes, you know, I can look at that. Is that a training issue? Is that a skill issue? You can't argue with the data when the data's coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably not something that I look at as, as much as I should, but we still do, you know, we've, we, we've, had, we've had some owners that have been with us 15 plus years and yeah. things have changed significantly yeah. and I look back and I'm thinking, well, they really are grandfathered in, but it's like great, great, great grandfathered in. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's something we may be looking at um, for, for next year. You know, when, I, when we talk about owners, I think the biggest single, I wouldn't say it's a lesson learned. It's something that we're, we're working through on a daily basis. Where do you draw the line with an owner between a requirement and a recommendation? So are you recommending they stock their kitchens in a specific way to get the best reviews or do you require it? Do you say, if you're going to list with us, here's our kitchen guide. You have to have this equipment scaled up appropriately for the number of guests you have. And that really is more prescient this year when we're looking at record guest demand. And it's going to feed into next year. It already is feeding into next year because we have, we're working with owners who've been dragging their feet on opening up their rate sheets for 2022. And we have a significant wait list for bookings mm-hmm. to the properties that are open. Those bookings, you know, their pacing is up drastically. So they're dragging their feet for a number of reasons. You know, they're looking carefully at their owner box. They've earned record income this year. So maybe they're thinking they're going to scale back. 
the number of guest weeks they'll open up the next year, and then they come back and they maybe want to increase the rate, the rates that I'm suggesting even higher. I'm like, yeah, I'm always ready, you know, to make you more income, but take some of that income you've learned from this year and maybe swap out that sofa that looks a little worn. So that is delaying our conversation, opening up our rates for for sure. Mm-hmm. That constant, like, are we going to require you to replace that sofa, or are we going to recommend? Yeah. Um, and, and once again, we are along, along the same lines, e- exactly the same. So, you know, dealing with the same things right now, you know, that and I had an email this morning from somebody who said that they've been, you know, I've been on your waiting list for, for the last two months, three months since we stayed at this property. I can't wait any longer and I'd love to go back to it, but the owner hasn't opened up their availability and I'm going to go elsewhere. So we've yeah. lost, we've lost that client. They've lost that client. And if with the unpredictability of what of not knowing what it's going to be like next year, so we've gone back to that to the owner and said, "Yeah, unfortunately, this guest who was with you for the last three years is probably not going to be with you again next year unless you you're very quick, and we cannot guarantee that we can replace them at yeah. the rate you're currently charging, so yeah it's yeah we're always we're always towing those you know or, or there must be some sort of uh, analogy or something to 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 describe, you know, just that balance we always have to take. Well, I used to a couple of years ago when we got fairly far into the into the employee screening process. I would ask them, remember that old thing, tap your head and <laughs> yes. pat your belly. I would ask them if they could do that, and, and they go what? And and I'd have them do it, and we'd laugh, and I'd say, some days it's going to feel like that because we have two sets of clients. Yeah. You know, we have the owners and we have the guests. You have hospitality and you have a real estate asset. Yeah. How are you going to juggle that when you, you know, you've a limited time on your hands? Yeah. So the way we answer that with them, we use the hospitality to drive everything. If you do the right thing with the guests, then you are going to do the right thing for your owner, in my opinion, because you're going to make more money. Well, that's it. If, um, if the guests are happy, they're going to tell more people. That you know, it yeah. comes down to that. They're, they become your marketing ambassadors, the best, and that—that's somehow what I try and get across to owners is that the best they can do for their, you know, the more they can do for their property, the better guests are going to like it. The best get better guests are going to share it, and right. the more interest they will get, and the higher the price they can charge. So, yeah, and we 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 try to stay true to that philosophy even if we're dealing with an owner persona who's not so hospitality focused, who really is more of a pure, just investment type mm-hmm. of person. Yes. Yeah. On that note, on that note, <laughs> I'm going to have to draw this to a close because, you know, as ever, when I'm talking to you, the time just rushes past. I know we are going to talk more over the next few weeks about moving into doing some more shorter recordings and I'm, I'm not letting off you're letting you off the hook Andy. <laughs> now you have me in one place. Huh? You have me in one place now. So we, we'll, we'll get this yes, done. You're in Palm Springs. As soon as I get down to now, you've got to let me get down to Gulf Shores and set up my office there. And then, uh, and then we will be back in touch. But for now, uh, you know, as always, it's, it's such a massive pleasure to, uh, to, to talk to you. I really enjoyed your the account of your trip down to uh, down to Palm Springs, I, I I wrote about it in in the show notes that go out with the uh, not the show notes the um, the, the email the email the newsletter 
And I, I read yeah. about it that my trip to Gulf Shores is not going to be anywhere near as exciting as yours. You know, no, no quirky hotels, no whiskey bars, no Las Vegas Strip. <laughs> no highly strung Jack Russell Terriers. Yes. And on that note, I don't know what the heck we were thinking, taking two Jack Russell Terriers to a hotel in the Vegas Strip. I do not recommend it. <laughs> that, was, that was the last one I looked at this morning. I was, <laughs> I was scrolling back through them and I hadn't seen that one. That must have been such fun. <laughs> well, take a Jack Russell Terrier down 20, 20 flights and then be in a casino hotel. You always have to cross the casino floor to get outside. Yes. And, you know, they, they did very well, but it was a challenge. <laughs> oh, well, it was fun to follow along and uh, I'm, I'm glad you're down there. So, uh, well, thank you so much, Heather. I love being on your show. You're such a generous host. Thank you. <laughs> we'll talk again very soon. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. So much of a pleasure to, uh, to chat with you. It, it's you know, always reassuring to talk to other people who go through exactly the same things as you do. And for those of you out there who perhaps aren't networking, it really is so important to get out there, speak to people who are in the same business, whether you do it by going to a conference or by joining. I mean, if you join a Facebook group, you don't really get to know people and it's, you know, it, it does tend to be a little bit of a moan fest sometimes. So why don't you look out for a local group where owners or uh, managers are getting together, having meetings regularly? It's amazing. It really is amazing, actually, how much you can gain from these networking events and, and talking to other like-minded people. So uh, Andy and I will shortly be bringing you a series of videos. Um, and there will also be um, showing up on this podcast as well. Um, series of videos, just short, 10 to 15, maximum 20 minutes on a specific topic every time we do one. So we are working on those right now. And as soon as we've got them available, we will let you know. So that's it for another week. Always a pleasure to be Talking to friends, always a pleasure knowing that friends are listening in and every one of you are, are friends because, because you're listening in. So thank you for that. I really, really appreciate it. Appreciate it. You know, if, if you appreciate it a lot, I'd love it if you'd leave me a review on um, uh, whatever platform you're listening to your podcast on. It's always good to get five-star reviews because that encourages more people to come and listen and gets us more of an audience and yeah, and all that good stuff. So as you're listening to this, I am sure I'm probably just about pulling into our final night stop before we head down to Gulf Shores uh, in the morning. So the next time you hear from me, I will be in the hood, if you like. <laughs> so any of you down in Gulf Shores, Pensacola way, get in touch with me. I'd love to meet up. We'll go out and have a coffee. I am there until mid-December. And then again, from the, the end of December, right the way through to the end of March. Can't wait. Okay. That's it from me. And I will look forward to being back in your ears next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week. <laughs>